it's Monday, three days before the backyard brawl, and you know what? It's time. Let's do a season preview for Pitt this season. Let's talk about what their record might be, where they could potentially go destination-wise. Can they repeat in the ACC? We're going to talk about that all today on this episode of Locked on Pitt. Our Locked on Pitt, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Pit Podcast, everybody. As always, I'm your host, Nick Fairbaugh. And folks, we're here. We are here. The week of the backyard brawl is upon us. In about three days, on Thursday, Pittsburgh will be taking the field against West Virginia. And the backyard brawl will be back. College football is already in the air from what we saw in week zero on Saturday. And the defending ACC champions will be out on the football field for the first time since the Peach Bowl. It's a really exciting time, I I think, for Pitt, West Virginia, whatever. You could feel the vibes in the air. You could feel that starting to trickle in a little bit last week. But this week especially, you can feel everything starting to coalesce in itself. This is an extremely fun rivalry. But I want to take a step back real quick. We're going to have a lot of episodes this week, by the way. I know we only have three days, but that's at least four. I'm going to double up on some episodes this week because I have a lot to say about this. I have a lot to say about Pitt this year. There's so much to talk about. The game only in three days. We're going to cover just about every angle we can of the backer brawl. I'm going to have a lot of guests on this week from the WU side, especially get us informed on those Uh type of players over there like JT Daniels and and other players that they could potentially have. We're going to do it all. But I want to preview Pitt's season today. I want to go as far to the macro view as we can. And let's talk about this team. Coming off that ACC championship season, you know the expectations are high. You know they are. And look at what Desmond Howard did on Saturday. They put out their predictions. Who's going to make the college football playoff? Pitt was in that prediction. That has been a legitimate thing. There have been a few people here or there, no matter what you think of their prediction, that have put Pitt in the playoff picture. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen. I think that's pretty lofty, and I'll explain why. But that is the type of expectation you have when you are defending ACC champions. You return 15 out of 22 starters. Obviously, you lose Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison, and that is significant. And you can't downplay the loss of those two because they were a Heisman Trophy finalist and the Blitnikoff Award winner. But you also have to acknowledge that Keaton Slovis is here, Kanani Monfield looks really good, and the defense looks really, really experienced. And so does that offensive line. So the trenches should be really good. The secondary should be pretty good. The receiving core should be good. The running back should be really good. So that's very good for Pitt. So let's just do a a real quick kind of rundown of this team. Quarterback, Keaton Slovis. I have my reservations about Keaton Slovis. 
everyone that's listening to this podcast knows that I think that he has some things he needs to work on. I still think that he lacks the true ability to go through his progressions. He has yet to show that. I don't think he's as mobile as Kenny Pickett was. So I certainly think that that's also going to be something to look at. Can he create a structure? I don't know. I do think the offensive line's really good, though. It's, so that'll help him. I think he's got a good arm. I think he's got the ability to elevate this team at times. And I think he really has some special throws on his tape. And so certainly when you look at things like that, this is a guy that is dynamic in what he can do with his deep ball. He's accurate. And he is, for the most part, if you get him in a simple read system, efficient. And so that is something that King Slovis can do. So we'll see how good he is. I think that's the question mark, how much he can elevate them on his own and how much he can just game manage things. But I will say this. I think that this kind of surrounding cast for him is really good and it's going to be really hard for him to screw this up. And I don't think he's, you know, some people think he's a disaster. I don't see that. I don't. I see a guy that is a pretty solid college quarterback. So I think Pitt should be okay with Keaton Slovis. The running back room, we've talked about this. This is a loaded running back room. Izzy Abanikanda, Vincent Davis, Rodney Hammond, Daniel Carter, Sebo Flemister, so many different flavors of back and so many different things you can do. But the running game is going to be very important this year. And this Pitt offense is going to run through these running backs a lot more than it did last year. And in conjunction with that, I want to go to the offensive line. You return all five stars. You return pretty much all the depth on the team, too. You know, you have Ryan Jacoby, Matt Gonsalves, Blake Zubovich. You have all these players. Well, who's going to be the starting O-lineman? That's the question. Who's going to be the starting right guard? Who's going to be the starting right tackle? Who's going to be the starting center? I don't know who's going to start there yet. But it's going to be an experienced group. It's going to be a talented group. And Pitt's going to have one of the better offensive lines in college football this year. Very experienced. Extremely, extremely polished You have 22, 23-year-olds on this offensive line. And so that running game is going to be more of a focal point with those really good running backs and this really experienced offensive line. Should be really good in pass pro. And that's why I also think you look at a guy like Keaton Slovis with this type of protection, I think he should be pretty good. He should have three, four, five seconds to sit back there and be able to scan the field and do what he wants. Then you look at the receiving room, right? Tonight, Mumfield looks like a stud. You know what Jared Wayne is? You're kind of experienced vet of the group that's been here, done that. Those the expectations of the program, so you like having him there. Then behind him, it gets to intriguing guys. Bub Means looks like an explosive player, man. He looks fun. And you look at Jalen Barton, another explosive guy, different than, than Bub Means, who's a height-weight speed guy, but Barton's more of a speed guy that can work from various different alignments and win with his speed and quickness off the line of scrimmage and the slot especially. Um, has some drop issues, but certainly has that explosive playability. We have seen that before, so I do like what you have there. And Jalen Barton. Then you have Jaden Bradley. Uh, you have Addison Copeland. You have Shana Wobico. Like you have all these really fun players in that room right now. Gavin Thompson just recently got put on scholarship. Like all these players in that room right now that are feeling it out. I think it's going to be a really talented wide receiver room, and I'm not worried about these receivers. Tight end, I think this is a really interesting position. Now, Gavin Bartholomew is really good. 
You got some questions about how he translates to the Y role in the in the you know the Lucas Crawl type of route tree. We'll see how that manifests, but he's more bulked up than ever. He looks like a better blocker this year. And I think he's still gonna be a really, really good tight end, regardless of what happens. Carter Johnson looks like he's ready to go. Kai Wright is healthy and looks the best he has in his career. Dylan Devaney's still working back a little bit from his injury in the offseason. But he's an athletic tight end, a move type of tight end that you could flex out. So with a deep tight end room, you just kind of have to figure out how you configure these parts. So this offense is interesting. And then you have Frank Signetti, who's going to bring a Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay-ish wide zone play action based scheme that is going to be a very, very fun thing to watch. Very pro type of scheme, but that's exactly what he wants it to be. And so that is what Pitt has offensively. I want to go over to the defense, folks. But first, let me let you read this read from Nitza. Because, folks, if you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? That's wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high. Get a DUI. Now, folks, we're back here on the Locked On Pit Podcast, and I certainly want to break down this defense. And this defense is very, very, very experienced. You look at it up and down the sheet. And this is a unit that should be probably better than it was last year. Yes, they lose to Maury Mathis, Phil Campbell, and Johnny Patricia, and Cam Bright, and all these guys. But they've added in some really good pieces. And so let's start up front. Obviously, the defensive line is probably the best unit on the entire football team. So you have Kalijah Kansi, Hababal No, Desmond Alexander, John Morgan. And then on that interior, you still have a plenty, plenty of experience outside of Kansi. David Green, Tyler Bentley, you have Devin Danielson, you still have DeAndre Jules, you have young guys like Elliot Donald, uh, Sean Fitzsimmons, you have Nakai Johnson and Dayon Hayes on the outside, Bam Barina. I mean, there are just so many names out here um, that it's hard to name them all. Um, I would expect the starters to obviously be, in my opinion, Deslin Alexander, Kalijah Kansi, Devin Danielson, and Hobba Ball not. That would be my expected starters. But you also get a rotation in there, Green, Bentley, Donald. Then on the outside, you have John Morgan, of course, in that room. You have Dayon Hayes. You probably have Bambrina. You maybe even get some Nakai Johnson in there. So fun room. Charlie Partridge keeps doing his thing. Quarterbacks are going to be terrorized by this D-line. They're going to be really good this year, as always. Linebacker, a little bit more questions here because of the inexperience. This room has really been overhauled. You have Servasia Dennis at the mic, which isn't much of a question. Brandon George at the mic as the backup. Again, not much of a question. Your mic position, which is probably the most important position in that core, it is very, very set, very settled. You're probably going to get some moving around of pieces, but your starting money backer is 100% going to be Shane Simon, who is really juiced up, twitched up athlete out there. You can see the moments of brilliance with Shane Simon. He's such a good athlete, and so that is going to be interesting. This is one of the most athletic inside linebacking cores I've ever seen come through Pitt, and that's a very, very good thing. 
they've gotten very athletic here. Backup probably Solomon DeShields, and he's another athletic guy. Played a little bit of receiver last year, but he's very athletic, showcases fluidity. He's good. Starting star is going to be Bengali Kamara. I told you, this guy's going to be a star. I think Bengali Kamara is going to be your breakout player on this defense and the next big thing here uh, for Pitt in the linebacking court. Then you have Tyler Wiltz behind that um, as a fun player. Uh, then you also have, all, obviously, Aiden Henningham, who has grown uh, into his role a lot, can be a, a guy that plays all three spots. So I like what you see from Aiden Henningham as well. Um, so this is a really fun linebacking room. It's a little bit more inexperienced, so you can definitely have some concerns about how the inexperience shows itself early in the season and what – kind of changes, but there's no doubt that this is a talented room. Secondary, the safeties, I like Brandon Hill and Eric Hallett. Hallett came on very strong last year. Certainly had his downfalls last year at times, but turned into a really solid veteran player. Brandon Hill, in my opinion, is really freaking good at what he does. Athletic, has great ball skills, high IQ type guy, good leader back there. Corner, this is interesting. Losing Demar Mathis is a big blow. Kez Williams, Always solid guy. He's going to be there. He's going to be that stalwart probably to the field side. Now, you probably are going to get a new boundary guy, and I would say it's going to be MJ Devonshire and uh, A.J. Woods on that side. Those are both guys that have played before, but this is going to be their big kind of rise to the occasion thing. I would expect MJ to actually start there. I think MJ Devonshire has the potential to be a star. Um, So we'll see. He looks really good this year. And then Rashad Ball is probably going to be the fourth guy in that rotation. The corners are very interesting this year because they have lost their main guy. And there's no, like, alpha there, right? But every year we have seen who could be that next guy up. And MJ Devonshire looks to be poised to be that next guy to me, uh, to be that ne- that guy that takes the leap and maybe heads to the next level. We've seen Pat Nerduzzi consistently churn out guys here. He screams to me like that type of guy. And then it's safety for some depth. You have P.J. O'Brien, Javon McIntyre, uh, Khalil Anderson. Um, so you have a lot of good players there. P.J. O'Brien looks great um, this year. So this defense, you know, they have the stability. Pat Nerduzzi, Randy Bates, obviously this is a very stable uh, unit, they're going to give up their explosive plays because of the scheme they run with all that cover zero quarters that they run. But I think this should be a pretty good defense that should give a lot of quarterbacks a lot of fits this year. Pitt should be pretty good this year relative to everything on the defensive side of the ball. So you put that in totality, and then you look at the specialists. And we haven't talked about the specialists just yet because this is an area of the team where there is a lot of transition. You got a new kicker, you got a new punter, and you have a new long snapper. So Byron Floyd's the new long snapper. Cal Adamitis out of the out of pit now in the NFL with the Bengals. Um, but what is he going to be? Is he is his are his snaps good? Are they consistent? So far, they've looked good in camp from what I've seen. So I like that. Uh, you look at the kicker. It's not Sam Scarton. It's Ben Sauls. Ben Sauls won this competition. Now the thing with Ben Sauls was last year very inaccurate, but he has the leg. He has a much bigger leg than Sam Scarton. Scarton was just didn't have the range to, for Pitt to be confident in him hitting 45-plus yards. And so that's what you get with Ben Sauls. And so Ben Sauls wins this competition. And we'll see if that accuracy has improved. It'll be better for Pitt. Pitt will have a pretty solid kicker here. But it's a question mark. And then Sam Vanderhaar will likely be the punter, a freshman punter. He's had some punts here and there that have been shaky in camp. We'll see how this works out. But you now go to the team in totality. And let's talk about strengths. Let me just give you uh, some kind of breakdown um, because I, I want to kind of unravel 
the strengths and the weaknesses. Strengths, the trenches, both the D-line and the O-line. Running back is going to be a big strength for them. And I also think the secondary should be a strength for Pitt. So there's your four strengths. Weaknesses. I think that there could definitely be a weakness at linebacker due to inexperience. We will see the depth. We'll see. Again, that's a developing thing. I also think that there could be some weakness at the quarterback position. Again, I think Keen Slovis is solid. But I have looked at that 2021 tape, and it was rough, guys. So let's put a realistic expectation on that. Um, that Keaton Slovis definitely, definitely struggled last year at USC. We'll see if he can regain form. I think that's a to-be-determined type thing. And then special teams, because you have such a turnover in that room. I think that's definitely something to watch as well. Um, So this team overall, it looks like a good team, man. It looks like a good team to me. Next, we're going to go through the schedule. I'm going to give you game-by-game prediction. We'll see kind of where we stand right now just at the outset. Obviously, predictions can change as everything goes by. I'm not going to give you guys the West Virginia prediction just yet outside of who I think is winning. I'm not going to give the score or anything like that, but that will come Thursday. So let's go through that. But first, folks, I want to go to a quick break. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast as we are here discussing Pitt's season. And while I'm recording this, actually, the first official two-deep roster uh, just dropped for Pitt. So I definitely just want to throw that up on the screen real quick so you guys can see it here. Um, If you want to zoom in on that right over my face here, uh, you you look at that two-deep and you see some very interesting things. Devin Danielson and da- uh, David Green listed as the end or starters uh, to me is a very interesting thing. You look there, um, you look at the offensive line folks and it's the same five from last year. So it looks like everyone there has won their jobs at tight end. It's Kai Wright uh, and Carter Johnson, both as co tight end twos. And then your starting wide receivers are Mumfield, Wayne and means, with Barden, Bradley, and Alston. Miles Alston breaking into this crew uh, as the main backup. Izzy as the clear starter here. Uh, and then Rodney Hammond is the running back two. And then you have Vincent Davis and Sebo Flemister as co-running back threes. Um, so this is very interesting. We'll, we'll break this down a little bit more uh, in the upcoming episode. Um, but just wanted to showcase that. No huge surprises on that sheet, um, really, to me, uh, just from watching practice and everything. But Good to know. And David Green getting that or uh, or with Danielson, I think, is some very interesting stuff there on the interior. Now, folks, let's go through it. Game by game, let's talk through. So, West Virginia. West Virginia is a rivalry game. You know it's going to be a fight. And Pitt ranked number 17. You have seen how Pitt has come out before when ranked in these openers, and sometimes it's been very flat and bad. I mean, they've lost to teams like Bowling Green in the past, folks, in this situation, but very long time ago, and so that's a different type of story. And so I'm going to pick Pitt to win this one. I just look at West Virginia, and I think they are a little bit away. You know, got a really solid recruiting class coming in this year, which is good because they're building a nice program. JT Daniels, I like. But you also look at the roster around that, 
And it's not a super strong roster. You know, it's like a six and six, seven and five type of roster to me. And that should be a team pit bees at this juncture. But rivalry games, even the field, always. So we'll, we will see what that happens with. Tennessee. So Pitt goes 1-0, and and they come home and face Tennessee. Hendon Hooker in Tennessee. This is a really good Tennessee team to me uh, that's really coming into their own under Josh Heupel. I have Tennessee winning this game. Uh, I just don't see Pitt being able to keep up offensively with them, and they're going to get an explosive plays off Pitt to where I think you know this will be close, um, but I, I think that Tennessee gets their revenge back from last year. Uh, I think this is going to be a fun game, though. I do think this will be a fun game, so I have them going one-on-one there. I pit winning the next two games. Obviously, that trip to Kalamazoo, that's going to be big for Pitt, right? Exercise the demons that they had last year against Western Michigan. They really need to do that because that's a morale game to me where you look back at what was the blemish last year on your ACC championship season, and you heard, well, you lost to Western Michigan. You lost to Western Michigan. That's the big thing. And so they have to beat Western Michigan. Rhode Island should be a gimme game. That's an FCS game easily. Then you have Georgia Tech at home. Again, we're talking about a team that just isn't very good. A lot of uncertainty at Georgia Tech right now. Jeff Collins is kind of teetering on the edge with everything. This should be a win for Pitt 10 times out of 10. This could be a slip-up game, but I'll take Pitt here. So Pitt's 4-1 and one, heading at home again. Virginia Tech this time. And so Virginia Tech is an interesting team because Brent Pry's coming in and they have some fun players there. You know, I, I don't hate the Virginia Tech roster. I think that they actually do have some young guys there that are coming into their own. I'm not certain they're going to be all that great this year um, just because, again, you have a real – you have a real transition there going on right now, right? But you do have guys on that defensive side of the ball that I think can play a little bit. Like, I like Ty- Taiwan Garbutt. Um, I like Dax Holofield, of course, Armani Chapman, uh, Shamari Connor, you know, the Seer Peoples. Like, they have some nice players, Dorian Strong. Like, these are good players. Um, so they have a, a decent enough defense. But still, Pitt should win this game. Uh, the quarterback disparity here. Should be significant. Grant Wells is fine, but Keaton Slovis should be able to outplay him. This should be a win for Pitt at home, too. Now, they have the bye, then they go on the road to Louisville. This is a very tough game for me to predict. I think Pitt should win this game, but Malik Cunningham is really good, really dynamic. They have some pretty good players. That defense is pretty experienced at this point. Um, But it's like, for Pitt, this is a game that you probably have the better talent in. You probably should win this one, but it's on the road after a bye week. This is a trap game to me that Pitt could definitely lose. Um, but I'm going to pick Pitt to win this one in a close one. I think they escaped by the teeth, by their teeth, like just scrape by. But this is a tough one to me, um, just because I, I think these are two even place teams uh, to a degree. Pitt then goes to Chapel Hill, and we know the tomfoolery that can happen when Pitt plays UNC, but that UNC team did not look that great against Florida A&M. I like Drake Maine. I like Josh Downs, but, man, the, the defense just does not look very good to me. Um, I'm going to take Pitt in this one again, but this one's always tough because Pitt-UNC seems like it's close every single season. Pitt hosts Syracuse. Again, this should be an easy win for Pitt. Syracuse has Sean Tucker in a 
very dynamic rushing attack, but Pitt is good enough to slow that down. This should be a win for Pitt. All right, folks. So then Virginia. So I have Pitt right now with one loss against Tennessee. And so they come to this game 8-1 against Virginia, on the road in Charlottesville. This is the game I think that everyone looks at and says, why did you lose that game? I think they lose this one. In Charlottesville, to Brand Armstrong, Dontavian Wicks, Keonson Thompson, these guys. You know, that defense isn't very good for, for Virginia. The offensive line has a lot of question marks too, but Brandon Armstrong's the type of quarterback that eats this pit defense up for lunch. And, again, I'm just not sure how high-powered this Pitt offense can get. I guess we'll see that uh, as it kind of goes on. Pitt always does seem to drop a crazy game that they probably shouldn't. This is the one that I think gets the Brennan Armstrong, has the ability to do that. He's a really good quarterback. I think he'll be an NFL quarterback next year. I think Dontamian Wicks will be maybe a top 100 draft pick. I think Constant Thompson will probably be a draft pick, too. They have a lot of good players on this team. They have no Jelani Woods anymore, which is a loss for them. But, but this is a – a solid enough offense with these skill groups where I think they can figure out a game plan and, and really give Pitt fit. So I'm going to take Virginia in this one in an upset. But then you look at Duke coming to town for Pitt, pitched win this one as well. Again, this is kind of like Syracuse. Pitt's clearly the better team. They should not play around with this one. So I have them at 9-2, and two, heading down to South Beach in Miami. This game could be for the Coastal in an ACC championship bid. Listen, what does Pitt do in the big time? What do they do in the big time? Tyler Van Dyke, Jalen Knighton. Um, you have all these really good players on Miami, and that defense is a really good young core. Like Jazz, like James Williams look really good. And so it's a tough one for me. But Pitt's going to have probably the better guys in the trenches on both sides of the ball in this one. And that's going to be significant. This one's going to be a slugfest. But, again, the Pitt secondary against Tyler Van Dyke and his receivers – how do they counter that? They're an athletic defense this year, though, so maybe they keep up with the Miami athletes. This is a tough one, but I have Miami winning this one right now. Uh, so I pick only 9-3 and um, and probably the second place in the Coastal with Miami heading to uh, the, the ACC championship right now. Uh, just because, again, I, I think Pitt's going to have that one weird loss, and, and I see that potentially being that Virginia game. But we'll see. And, and, and it also speaks a little bit to, you know, losing Kenny Pickett and Jordan. When the big moment came down and Pitt needed that kind of push, um, what did they get? It was Kenny Pickett and Jordan. Do they have that play right now? We'll figure that out very soon. Nine and three, they probably go to a really good bowl, like the Gator Bowl, for example, which would end up being pretty good for Pitt. Um, but I think that they could end up with a 10-1 season in that bowl game. So 10 and three sounds about right to me for this team. Um, one way or the other, I could easily see them swinging one of those games the other way and heading back to the ACC championship. It's a tough one um, at this point in the season, but I have Pitt going nine and three right now in that regular season. Probably um, we'll see where they go to the bowl game, but I, I could see them going to like a Gator Bowlish uh, type bowl, which is a really high ranked bowl, and Pitt being a pretty solid team in that regard. All right, folks, that's my season preview for Pitt. We're going to be back next time talking about that too deep in more detail. We're going to break it down. And we're going to talk about how it changes things against West Virginia. Folks, as always, thanks for listening. And as always, hail to Pitt.